0: As you begin the sitting period, take a moment to remind yourself what it is you're intending to do. We're just sitting quietly, paying attention to how we experience each moment. Any other agenda than that is baggage. It sets up a struggle in the mind. So we want to be clear that that's really all we're doing. It's just attending to each moment as it arises to be experienced in the body and the mind. And with that as the foundation for the practice while sitting, then we want to just settle into the body in a, comfortable and a relaxed way. And we do that by letting the attention float throughout the body and noticing where there's some holding or some tension or some gripping that we can release so that we settle down onto the sitting bones a little more firmly, a little more stably. And you might check particularly around the shoulders, letting them relax and drop. And also around the eyes, seeing that the eyes are closed gently, but not squeezed tight. And also around the jaw, unclenching the jaw. Allowing the mouth and the throat to relax and moving down through the torso, around the hips and the pelvic area, just relaxing the whole connection between the torso and the legs so that we can settle down onto the cushion or the chair or the bench. Clenching the hands, relaxing the feet, and just feeling the energy in the body sitting. This is how we relax the body. Now, when I ask you to relax the mind, what do you do? Relaxing the mind means to let go of any agenda or any expectation or anticipation or goal, but just to be willing to take note of how the next moment is experienced. There's a certain openness of mind, even if you're directing your attention to a chosen object like the breath. There's an open, receptive quality to the mind that allows the experience to occur, to be received, in the mind, to be tasted or felt, and to be recognized, pleasant, unpleasant, physical, mental, environmental, gross, subtle, familiar, novel. Letting the attention be open and receptive. Noticing whatever calls the attention, or wherever you have chosen to direct your attention, and then receiving it. The clear recognition of what is being experienced helps sustain the continuity of awareness into the next moment. Do you recognize what is being experienced, what is being known in this moment, in this moment, in the next? Mind is a very dynamic, alive place, thing, activity. And so, moment after moment, things are changing. Are you willing to sustain the energy to just be there for it? We don't have to create it, or anticipate it, nor make it happen. We just allow conditions to unfold being known by the mind, open, receptive, (coughs) recognizing, neither leading nor following, but receiving. Notice the dynamic, fluid nature of the mind from one moment to the next, adapting to whatever has called the attention, physical to mental, gross to subtle, thoughts to emotions to sensations, Everything is being known by the mind, being felt by the mind, being recognized by the mind. Sensations arise in the body and are known, and they come to an end and leave. Sounds arise in the room and are known, and they also come to an end. Thoughts arise in the mind, they're known, and they too disappear, dissolve. The knowing mind arises in each moment to meet the conditions that appear. There's no need to push, nor anticipate, nor evaluate. No need to make it happen. No need to explain it. No need to figure it out. Things happen, and they're known by the mind. Notice this. Sound is, <clears throat> sound is being known, mm. sensations are being known, thoughts are being known, moods are being known, images are being known. Support your energy to meet each moment's arising. If you notice the energy collapse, just raise it to meet the present moment. When the presently arising moment provokes a reaction in your mind. Frustration, disappointment, irritation, curiosity. Notice the reactive mind. Meet it. Experience it. Come to know it. It's just another, temporarily arisen moment to be known by the mind. Not you, not yours, not who you are. It just is conditioned by what comes before. Let it come, let it go. If any sense of struggle has appeared in the mind, just let go of that struggling, settling down and opening to the present moment's experience. Not creating anything. Not resisting anything. So how's it going? Any questions or comments? You said that when um, to stay with just one object exclusively requires energy. To, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. To stay with one object exclusively requires energy. Yes. But I've also heard from teachers that when the energy is low. Yes. It's good to just stay with the primary object until more energy comes. Um, sometimes the instructions are kind of paradoxical. <laughs> you know, you know the old story. Ajahn Chah. He says, I've been watching people on the path for a long time, and sometimes I see someone going down the path and they're about to fall in the ditch on the right, and I say, go left, go left. And another time I see somebody about to fall in the ditch on the left, and I say, go right, go right. Anybody else listening to those instructions would think that he was contradicting himself. But he's not. So yes, sometimes when energy is weak, if you just have a resoluteness of mind to just stay with one object, meaning just staying with the in-breath, the out-breath, in-breath, out-breath, then it's just arousing energy and it's not having to recognize the changing phenomena. Sometimes the recognizing of the changing phenomena from sights to sounds to sensations to thoughts, moods, mind. Sometimes that can feel a little more energy demanding. So if you feel your energy is weak, then experiment. You know find out for yourself really, what is the best way to raise the energy just to meet the object and if it's a chosen object that you just uh, that's recurring and you just meet it recurringly, okay, or if it's raising the energy to meet whatever has called the attention, then experiment with that. But really see for yourself and and while we can offer all kinds of techniques and suggestions and and things that have worked for us or others, uh, each one of you has to try, try it out for yourself to see, does this work for me in this situation? And this kind of knowledge or being willing to experience and experiment and to learn from your own experience is really, that's, that's the essence of the path. Really trying to see what works for you. Yeah, and be willing to be uh, creative. Yeah. yeah. When you say low energy, you mean you're you're getting tired, falling asleep, kind of tired or um, low energy can be everything from just you know, can't stay awake and you're just bobbing and nodding or you know, just dull. It can also be just now, now you have this this is a visual instruction. Okay, now you have to watch this. It can also be this ener this movement of mind. Do you see that? <laughs> you know, it's when it's when I mean you know, the, the the um the function of energy is non collapse. But when the energy collapses, the body goes with it. And and you can you can see. You can see. That's that's what the collapse of energy is. It just goes, uh, you know. And you just fade away from the present moment. You just you just withdraw from the present moment. You're not there to meet it. You're just kind of uh, behind it, or you're kind of below it. Is that's that also is the collapse of energy, weak weakness of energy. So it's just you know. But you don't have to be. You know, you don't have to really kind of be ahead of the present moment or be on top of it. You just have to meet it. So it's just, you know, if you, if you really try to get on top of it and stay ahead of it, you're going to exhaust yourself. On the other hand, if you're just always behind it, you're never going to really get any momentum going. So it's just being very sensitive to how much energy does it take to just meet this moment. And then just check moment to moment to moment to moment. Yes, I, I did say if there's a sense of struggle in your mind, just, just let it go, if you can. If you can't, how do you, what do you notice when you're aware of a sense of struggle? Is that a rhetorical question? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, a practical uh, inquiry. <laughs> Okay, okay, so that, that's, a, that's a common one. We're struggling with something because we want it to go away. So when you see that, do you recognize, and here's the first step of working with the defilements, do you recognize, oh, this is aversion? Usually, Usually. okay. So then can you just say, okay, don't, now when I say don't struggle or let go of the struggle, don't try to get rid of the aversion. If you try to get rid of the aversion, then you're struggling with it. So that's why the second step of working with the defilements is to relax. You see that, oh, I don't like this, I want to get rid of it, relax, it's okay, it's okay. Now you can actually be with the experience of aversion, okay? You're not acting it out, you're not just kind of whinging and whining and shifting the body and thinking, oh, maybe I better do this, maybe i try that, maybe, (laughs) now that's all not exercising restraint. That's acting out the aversion. So restraint is the exercising some restraint. It's the third step of working with the defilements. Right? And then remind yourself, you know what? This aversion. I don't like it. I want to get rid of it. I don't. Oh, this is the very experience to be aware of. It's not that you have to get rid of it in order to be mindful or to get on with your practice or to get back to your practice. That is the practice. So it's like, oh, aversion. Okay, now the fifth step of the working with the defilement is pay attention to it. Let it reveal itself to you. What is the nature of aversion? Now, we're not struggling with this aversion. We're not struggling with the experience. We're not struggling with the, I want to get rid of it. We're just totally engaged with it. So what, it, what is the nature of this aversion? Well, you know, it's the mind going, you know, and it's the body and that state of mind conditions this feeling in the body of tightness or gripping or heat or clenching or, you know, something, some kind of stiffness of body reflecting the stiffness of mind. Okay, watch it. Or I should say, feel it. Knowingly recognize, well, this this is what, This is what aversion does to the mind. This is what aversion conditions in the body. Okay, you're investigating it. You're not struggling with it. You're not trying to get rid of it. If you try to get rid of it, then you're struggling. Just be be present and mindfully aware of it. That kind of competition, but not necessarily needing to win. I mean maybe slight disappointment, but but not having it like a being able to to enjoy continuing on and, and enjoy pushing yourself. Is that is that um does that come from a place of a non-spiritual wanting? <laughs> <laughs> non-spiritual wanting. Yeah. Cool. I like that. You know, it's like can you really play the game of life competitively and not care if you win? Cool. You know, someone uh, at a recent retreat asked a question similar to that, and I want to I just answer your question by referring to that. Pardon? Couldn't hear the question. The question is about, is it okay to want to have goals in life and to want to achieve them or even to be competitive and to want in the general sense of wanting, but be okay if you don't get it Or if you don't win, is that okay? Is that is it okay to have non-spiritual wanting? You know. So a similar question was asked at at a recent retreat, and someone said, "You know, is all wanting bad? Is all craving bad? Is all craving, you know, harmful?" He said, "Now think of this little baby. Just comes." Into the world, hungry, looking for food, just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Is that bad? It's not bad, but it is suffering. Okay, it is suffering. It is that that baby is really not happy. Is really, but you can't say that wanting food is bad. So even for adults, wanting food, not bad, but it is suffering. And so, wanting in that sense, we can see that there are gradients of wanting. There's wanting something, and pursuing it, and getting it, even if it causes harm to someone else. Well, oh, that's bad, right? But the wanting, the craving, that is to meet you know, minimal human life needs, Doesn't harm you, doesn't harm anyone else. Not bad, but it's still dukkha, it's still craving, it's still unsatisfactory. So we want to be uh, we want to understand the gradients of of craving and just see well what's involved here. In spiritual practice, you know, we come to a retreat and say, I want to be aware. I want, to be, I want to be enlightened. I want to be free. I want to be, I want to stop suffering. You know, that kind of wanting, even though in English we use the word want, it really is a different qualitative feel in the mind, experience than I want. What is it you want? But anyway, you know, I want what I want, and you just say, "No, wait a minute." That wanting something for yourself for satisfaction, some is is you know, there's a hunger, there's a you know, there's an urge that's very different feeling than I want to be free. I really want to be aware. Even though we use the same English word, two different experiences, and so I I like to say when. In spiritual practice, we want to be awake, we want to be aware, we want the benefit of practice, we want to understand, we want to be enlightened, if you have any idea what that means or hope for. I call that aspiration. And in the Pali Buddhist language, it's called chanda, or having desire, but it's kind of wholesome desire. If you want chocolate and other sensually delightful stuff, Experiences, Mm, not aspiration. That's real craving. That's, you know, we say wanting in English, but they're very different. One's loba, leads to suffering, is suffering, leads to suffering. One is aspiration, wholesome, and leads to liberation. I don't know if that answered your question, but it seemed like a good thing to say. (laughs) I wanted to say it. say being with the feeling you mean something more or other than feeling the feeling Could you repeat the question So the comment was when I say being with the feeling do I see do I mean something more than feeling the feeling, or other, than feeling. other than feeling the feeling Yes Because just feeling the feeling is we could say That could be just purely subjective, but actually we need an element of the objective. We need to feel the feeling and know we're feeling the feeling. There's a difference there. Here's the knowing mind. This is two-dimensional, three-dimensional instruction. Here's the knowing mind. Here's the feeling. When there's feeling the feeling, it's like this, feeling the feeling. When there's mindful awareness of the feeling, there is feeling the feeling and knowing it. If in your practice you are object-oriented, you may be very aware of this, you know, sensation, breathing in, breathing out, sound, thought, do, do, do and very minimally or not at all aware of this. So in this practice, we're trying to emphasize this. So instead of saying, breathing in, being known, breathing out, being known, pain, being known, we're saying, breathing in, being known, breathing out, being known, pain, being known. So we're just emphasizing, I mean, these two elements are happening all the time. If you get object-oriented, you can get really absorbed, struggle, striving to get that object and forget this. This is what we're after, the awareness. Things are going to change all the time. Don't hang on to the breath. Don't hang on to the sound. Don't hang on to the thought, memory plan, thought, whatever, don't hang on to that. Be aware of this. I was waiting for a chance to say that. (laughs) Know this and know this. As Franz does in the afternoon, there's the moon and the sun. (laughs) The moon without the sun. No light. (laughs) The sun without the moon, still bright. (laughs) Last comment. Well, this actually falls on that. I've had this experience a few times in this retreat where I'm watching. So you said feel the feeling or rather watch the feeling. Uh, Feel the feeling or watch the Well, feel and watch in that sense, same. Sure. And the watching, yeah. it, it feels, I, I'm questioning whether it's almost too distant. I'm sure. Too okay. So I, I may have used the two terms, or you're referring to two terms of feel the feeling or watch the feeling. And when she sometimes watches the feeling, it feels very remote, very distant, and it, and, it, and it feels more like there's an observer back here, far away from, but still observing the object. I prefer not to use the word watching or observing because it implies, subtly, an observer. Or a watcher. And that's extra. That's, that there, there doesn't need to be an observer. There can be observing. But for many of us, articulating our experience as observing this, watching that, seems to imply or refer to an observer. And it's too easy to get identified with an observer when in fact this too is just another momentarily arising phenomena, observing. Object arises, observing arises. There's no observer in that. So when you, have, when you experience that f- sense of being very distant, or hovering above, or hovering over, hanging off to the side of the experience, observing, then OK, now another three-dimensional instruction. Uh-huh. Here's the object, here's the observing, you know, and this becomes really noticeable, huh? Now, observe that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Notice that, be aware of that, because that now has become the predominant, what is arising experience that has called the attention. Recognize that. So, we're continuing with the groups today. Those who were seen yesterday won't be seen today. Those who were seen the day before will be, but with a different teacher. Again, um, work on your own continuity. You know, between now and uh, 6 15, when we're next scheduled to be together, uh, it's your time to sustain the continuity as best you can in whatever activity whether it's sitting or walking or eating or uh, the mindful movement or uh, going to the toilet or bathing or whatever. Really fill in the gaps of downtime or recess. Uh, there's no recess. Just because it's not on the schedule doesn't mean that you can be unmindful. You know, it's, it's, it's all mindful time. So please really work at just just noticing what it is that's being known, physically or mentally, environmentally, moment by moment, in whatever activity you're doing. Franz will will be back for the movement this afternoon.